Yes, people, welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, episode 188. This week, a short, sharp solo show on everything sports nutrition based. So if you're a new listener, I do 10 minute episodes sometimes on my own covering a topic. And if you like it, as always, please share it with someone. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Do me a solid and leave me a review. And you can do that. It's in the link in the show notes. Everything you need is in there. I'm a little bit nasally going down with hay fever. So hopefully you can still understand me and we'll crack on. 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. I've been working with the company for over four years. Warren and Erica live down the road from me, the two founders. They're fantastic. Everything you need is in the show notes to look at their products. I use their chia seed energy gels, their energy drink. Just put five tablespoons in some water. I use both during ultramarathons. I use their protein bars as snacks. I take a tablespoon of their greens powder every day. I have two tablespoons of their protein powder. So they help me with my protein needs, my uh, micronutrient needs, and my carbohydrate needs. So for health, for performance, all that jazz. And you can get 10% off by going to checkout and using Matt Gardner Nutrition at checkout. So 10% off Matt Gardner Nutrition at checkout, or just follow the link in the show notes and get cracking. Right, so I've got eight minutes to crack through this. Again, hopefully you find it valuable. Let's get stuck in Sports Nutrition 101. A little bit of context. I've been a sports nutritionist since 2012. I started work in professional rugby. Then I moved into ultra endurance sports, uh, trail running, alpinism, outdoor sports, working a bit for the clothing brand called North Face, access to their athletes and a London community where I help people basically fuel and recover. So let's get stuck in and The most important thing for sports nutrition, its specific role in sport is to support fueling and recovery, body composition, bone health, mood and motivation, hormonal regulation, which is obviously a little bit more technical, consistency in training, obviously keeping someone well so they can keep training and they can keep delivering the stimulus for them to develop and get better and do whatever they need to do if it's getting fitter, faster, stronger, developing their techniques in sport and things like that. So the first thing to consider is let's get into some carbohydrate intake. We're going to go through carbohydrate intake. We're going to go through a little bit of protein and fat. So the macronutrient side of things. So generally we hold about 500 grams of glycogen. So say we eat carbohydrate rich foods, it gets stored as glycogen in our muscles and liver. So let's say that's what 1600 to 2000 calories worth. And that will sustain us for about 120 minutes of exercise. Say if we were moving during endurance exercise at say 65 to 75% of our max heart rate. So keep it simple. Complex carbohydrates, things you guys know, brown, white, whole meals like breads, pastas, potatoes, um, all of those kind of things. You know, eating complex carbohydrates at main meal times and then more simple carbohydrates, things that just digest a bit quicker um, in our snacks and things like that as well. So to give you some context, because I covered, say, 500 grams we can store in our muscles and liver. They're like tanks, which is 1,600 to 2,000 calories. Say 100 grams of wholemeal bread holds about 60 grams of carbohydrates, 100 grams of uh, dried pasta, about 75. 
Let's take some fruits, 100 grams of mango, about 20, one banana, 25, 200 milliliters of milk is about 10. And uh, if you can get down a can of chickpeas, which God, I know I'd be gassy after that, 400 grams of uh, chickpeas gives you about 39 grams of carbohydrates. So fueling for the work required thinking about carbohydrate availability which is when we're coming into exercise especially if it's not a conversation pace if it's something that's a bit harder um, you want to move faster you want to perform well we want those tanks topped up so just think about your training meals so these are around your activity more simple forms of carbohydrates things that are going to digest and absorb quicker so always think about liquid to semi-solid to solid so your solid meals things that are going to have a bit more protein in them more vegetables things like that you're probably going to leave to your anytime meals further away from your training and your training meals you're probably going to have some more simple carbohydrates and things in there so a classic example could be i don't know some white bread with some jam maybe a banana or something or maybe like a smoothie a few hours before you exercise so you've got some uh, liquid there you've got some solids. You've got some simple carbohydrates in there. And then afterwards, you might have a heartier meal with a, a protein sauce. Let's just say, I don't know, we could do a chicken stir fry, for example, and you add loads of veg in there. So that's the difference between training meals and anytime meals, fueling for the work required and thinking about carbohydrate intake. So protein intake, really important. And I see most people listening to this, they're probably just doing some form of endurance exercise if it's for fun or you compete in it or something like that. So think about protein intake, take your weight in uh, kilos. So I'm 87. So and times that between 1.2 and 1.4 for your daily intake. Now, people that are older listening to this, you're going to extract less protein than people who are younger. So I know me in my 30s compared to my dad in his uh, 60s now, he's going to need a little bit more protein because we're probably going to digest and assimilate a chicken breast in a different way, for example, or a piece of fish in a different way. So if uh, 87 times 1.2 is 104 grams for me, for example, let's just say I'll try and eat 100 grams a day. 100 grams of chicken gives me about 30 grams of protein. 100 grams of fish gives me, say, let's say 25 to 30. Same as red meat, an egg gives me 5. 150 grams of Greek yogurt gives me 15. 200 milliliters of milk, say, gives me 7 to 10. 100 grams of baked beans, 6. So you can start to add that up through the day. Obviously, like I mentioned, something like 33 fuel, one of their servings of protein will probably give you 30, things like that there. So you can just space them out and try and hit proteins. Keep it very simple. So we're thinking about building blocks. We're thinking about immune system. We're thinking about helping with hunger. Uh, we're thinking about helping with muscle recovery and regeneration as well. And it's probably the most expensive thing going on your plate too. So you're probably thinking, right, what am I going to do at lunch and dinner if I'm buying out, etc. Always start with the protein on the plate first to help manage your meals. And usually higher protein meals are going to be your anytime meals, you know, further away from your exercise unless they're liquid based, for example, and you're using it as a bit of a fueling or, or a bit of a recovery. So the next one I'll sneak in will be fat. So to keep things very simple, essential fats, we know we need them for uh, supporting our vitamin and mineral absorption. We know they help with our cellular health. They also help us feel fuller for longer. Um, and often fat adds flavor. You know, that's the important thing. And I think a variety, um, there's a lot of interesting information on unsaturated fats. So your Mediterranean style, your oily fish, your olive oil, your olives, your nuts and seeds, things like that in there. But I know people have personal preferences. So remember, fat brings flavor, added calories, and uh, there's interesting information on if you can get a few servings of oily fish in there. Um, say if you're not a fish lover, you could look at supplementation or you could look at flax seeds, chia seeds, things like that, because the omega-3 intake is quite interesting from an anti-inflammatory point of view. 
um, from a brain health point of view there's more information coming out about mental health and depression too and to round that off from the kind of biggies the macronutrient side of things will sneak into hydration so keep it very simple try not to chase your hydration closer to an event because you'll just be peeing 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 you want to wake and hydrate you want to get hydrated and just check your urine color keep it simple and just o- overload don't <laughs> my nose just don't overload the system uh, right before an event because you're trying to catch up on your fluid intake so wake and hydrate monitor your your urine color and then go from there keep it super simple with that so micronutrient side of things let's pick out a couple um iron levels in the blood really interesting so i think when it comes to things like iron i'll mention vitamin d as well just test don't guess don't mess around with those kind of things you can get it through the gp i know in the current climate it's harder so always try gp first free or if you've got private healthcare, if you listen to this or if you do want to test it you can get a home kit um, the company i use is fourth edge i've left a link in the show notes for them they're not paying me to say that at all um, it's just something I've used with clients and friends and things in the past, and I use it once a year. Um, so really important, especially from an oxygen transport point of view, from an energy point of view, iron levels. Um, so that's really worth considering, especially if someone's not eating as much of the red meat side of things, animal protein in general. Again, vitamin D, testing that, uh, I'd say maybe between September and December. Um, and just being aware, if you're insufficient, get sufficient. It's as simple as that. Get a medical point of view, get a test. And then that will advise your supplementation. So how much, for how long. Um, and generally liquid base is quite interesting in there. Um, and the final one, like I mentioned, the N3 kind of fatty acids, the omega-3. So it's quite interesting in there. Um, if you're not eating a couple of servings of oily fish, I'd really worth considering um, giving that a go. Um, and if you're not able to, then you know a supplement is potentially worth looking into as well. Um, and one final thing I'll probably mention, if you are a plant-based uh, eater through here, and um, yeah, vitamin B12 for the brain, for the nervous system, things like that, again, is really worth considering. So one thing I should mention, things like B12, iron, um, if you are sufficient, um, supplementing, especially with iron, um, you know, can not only uh, add no benefit, but actually can cause harm as well. So always get a medical professional opinion when it comes to supplementing with things like iron things like b12 do not mess around Um, and with any kind of supplement just look into is it safe what's the research behind it you know you might not have the time you want to be bothered to do that so speak to a professional talk to a sports nutritionist talk to a uh, registered nutritionist or a dietitian or a doctor you know these people they know about the research if they don't know they can find out for you Um, are there any risks Um, And ultimately, is a supplement stopping you from making a better food choice? That's something to consider as well. Um, So the other side of things with sports nutrition is obviously body composition. So eating, informing our fueling and our recovery, but also our body composition as well. Um, And if you do have the means, it might be worth testing and not guessing. So finding out your body fat, finding out your lean mass level, finding out your visceral fat level. You can do that via a DEXA scan. It's a brilliant lab i used to work with uh, they're fantastic there uh, called my vital metrics i've left the link in the show notes again so if you want to test and not guess around your body composition and your fitness levels check those guys out the link is in the show notes um, and if we step back and take that thirty thousand foot view when it comes to food anyway you know what are the things we're thinking about the key drivers of how we eat cost is obviously one marketing so what's in our face food safety uh, food systems around uh, our environment as well uh, information you know 
is it clear and simple? Have we got a bit of decision fatigue? What's your health literacy like? Um, and from an athlete's point of view, or someone listening to this who does a lot of sport, you know, it's worth considering your food for health, uh, how you can control your your weight, um, the emotional influence as well. Like I said, the motivation side of things, your emotional relationship with food, uh, food values, your food beliefs, are massive. Obviously, financial availability and. Really importantly with people, when I work with them around the endurance side, gut comfort. So when you're eating food, is it sitting well with you? You know, they're really worth considering. All of those points are massively important. So there's a quick rundown of Sports Nutrition 101, considering the fueling side of things and recovery. We've talked about carbohydrate, protein and fat very quickly. I've talked about micronutrients very quickly, testing and not guessing. I hope you found this short, sharp show useful. And if you haven't listened to any other episodes, this is episode 188. So I've got so many. We've been doing it for four years. I've had nutritionists on the show, physiotherapists, personal trainers, all sorts of great conversations. So check out 33 Fuel. um, Look at Fourth Edge. Look at my vital metrics as well. And if you found the show useful, then please share it with someone. Speak to you soon, lovely people.